Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another interview. This week, I am joined by decluttering pro Katie Wells. She is sharing tips on how to get started getting rid of stuff, how to break free from impulse shopping, and how minimalism can help our budgets as well as our home. She also goes into why your clutter isn't just taking up space in your home. It's actually taking up space in your mind and your budget. So we go all into this topic that is near and dear to my heart, and I am just so excited to be joined by Katie. She is the host of the Maximized Minimalist podcast. Her passion is to help moms simplify so they can ditch the overwhelm and love their motherhood. She is on a mission to help women find freedom from piles of stuff and transform their home from a time-sucking full-time job into a sanctuary and a place they love to raise their family. She offers online challenges, courses, and guides to help women live more joyfully by having less. And as you can tell, her and I have a lot in common. She is such a sweet mama of two, and I so, so enjoy this conversation with her. So... Without further ado, let's welcome Katie to the podcast. Welcome and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you, Sammy, for having me. Um, I love talking with you when you're on my podcast early in the year. So it's a treat to return the favor and be hanging out with you and your listeners today. So my name's Katie. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm obsessed uh, with the mountains. <laughs> We're four hours from the beach from Charleston, which is another favorite city of mine. Um, and we love it here. And I, anyway, my husband and I have been married for about nine years. We've got two sons. I'm a you know hashtag boy mom. They are three and a half and five, 18 months apart. And um, yeah, that's like the general, you know, the classic little introduction there. Yeah. <laughs> I just really wanted to have you on because you and I have so much in common in our lifestyles. We both talk about minimalism. We both talk about money, um, but you go more towards the minimalism and I go more towards the money. But I want to get into in a few minutes about how they tie together and how like you almost can't have one without the other. And I think that's kind of where like our topics overlap and you almost can't help that they overlap. Um, yes. And that's what I, that's what I love about minimalism and budgeting is just the intentionality that comes with it. So just to kind of um, set us up with a little bit more about your story, I would love to know a little bit more about how you got to where you are now and mm. what it was like before you kind of started to get intentional? Um, let's see. So in 2015, that's when my eldest son was born. So he's five now, like I said, his name is River. And um, my husband and I, we have been in the kind of chiropractic holistic healthcare field since 2009. We opened our first clinic in 2012. So three years prior to my first son was born, um, I became a stay-at-home mom briefly um, and I, that's really when I noticed clutter impacting me, um, you know, all the baby gear, the toys, the baby clothes. I remember after my baby shower, like we had just moved into our brand new home, which was 1700 square feet. Prior to that, we were in a townhouse that was a thousand square feet. So we're hauling all this stuff, you know, transferring stuff from our old home to this new home and the baby gear. And I looked at my friend and said, I'm going to need a bigger house. If we ever have a second kid based on the amount of stuff inside this home, I'm going to need a bigger home. Yeah. And it's so funny, the mindset. And that's, um, you know, that's so common. It's not the, the solution for so many of us is, hey, there's maybe too much stuff. It's, oh, I just need a 3,000 square foot house. And then the same thing happens, That was right? us. That was us. They yep. told us with our 3,000 square foot house, well, you'll grow into it. And we just had one daughter, you'll grow into it. And we had two, don't worry, you'll grow into yeah. it. And then we had three and we're like, okay, we're done. And we yeah. have not grown into like, this is too much. <laughs> yeah, it is so much. And so, you know, we're still in the same house. I'm still so grateful. We have plenty of space now that I've, uh, you know, decluttered and kind of shifted gears in that, in that direction. But 
anyway, I think that happens to so many of us women and moms after the first baby comes. It's like, first of all, there's already so much unknown, overwhelm, you know, anxiety from like raising a kid, especially social media. You can learn so much. Honestly, I really wish I were on Instagram, um, you know, after I had my first son, because I found so many helpful baby yes. accounts, pediatricians, you know, things that are so validating um, that I really could have benefit from. But, you know, on the other side of the coin, I know social media has the dark side too, right? You know, the comparing, the all this stuff. So um, anyway, the clutter was started impacting me. I definitely had clutter-induced anxiety. Uh, when River started, like, getting to crawl and we started you know, investing in all these toys. Literally, um, I was on Amazon probably once, maybe twice a day buying something for him yeah. because we're marketed. Hey, if you want to have the smartest baby, if you want your baby to read early, it's like, there's all this pressure, right? You feel as a new mom to support your child and however you can. And, you know, marketing companies and these, you know, groups know this and they take advantage of that. And so I was, this is where the money starts sliding out of our account you know, and the clutter starts coming in. Yeah. And um, honestly, most days when I, you know, quote unquote, played with River, I felt like I truly was just following him around, picking up after his mess, because I, it was so anxiety inducing for me. And I, I that's such a big word, yeah. <laughs> you know, to use, but it truly was. And honestly, instead of like connecting with him and having the play I wanted, I just feel like I, you know, like I said, I followed him around and picked stuff up because I didn't want to have to handle. If I didn't do that, I would literally have 30 minutes of pickup at the end of the day when he was a one-year-old, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, what's going to happen when I have multiple kids? This is going to be twice as bad, right? Um, and so, yeah, clutter was certainly impacting me. We obviously were running a practice at the time. So I had personal and professional stressors and anxiety going on anyway. But man, the clutter was really ripping away at my motherhood, my relationship with my husband. And honestly, you know, they say hindsight 2020. I really believe this. I read a quote not too long ago that said, you know, the, the need to feel busy all the time is a trauma-based, a trauma response and fear-based distraction from what you'd be forced to acknowledge if you slowed down. Yes. And so, so many of us moms are like, oh, I'm busy. I got to do this. That chores, 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 chores. Uh, and then like this almost victim mentality, well, this is just my life and I can't fix it and stay busy. And I got dirty dishes and dirty one, blah, 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 pick up, pick up, pick up, you know, run the kids to baseball, to soccer, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, hold on, what am I trying to avoid here? And for me at that time, it was all the pressures of running multiple practices, having multiple businesses, supporting my husband, then going back to the end of the clinic, you know, having my kiddo. And um, I truly believe that I didn't see success within my small efforts of attempting to declutter because I knew I'd have to acknowledge and for, force myself to think, hey, there's some other issues in my life I yeah. need to work on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally like 100% that same story. <laughs> like, yeah. It was like, if I slow down, what will I have to process? Like mm -hmm. what other, you know, thing, what other heart issues? will I have to deal with if I slow down? And I also feel like, especially as moms, we feel like so much of our self-worth is tied up in, well, I'm busy, which means yep. I'm active, which means I'm a good mom. If right. I'm, if I'm, you know, working really hard at it, I must be doing my best. That means I'm good. That means I'm worthy. That means, you know, all these things. And especially in the first few years of motherhood, because we're trying to find our footing and everything is new. Everything is scary. Every little thing you're like, Oh, if I, if I don't give them this toy at six months, they won't hit yes. this developmental stage. And then yes. they'll be 20 and they'll be lost and it will be all they won't be potty trained. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, <laughs> it'll be something catastrophic and yeah. it's just so much. And I just, now I look back and my oldest is nine and I'm like, Oh gosh. I just look back and I just, I look at old pictures and I just want to go back and tell mm. that version of myself, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like slow down. It's okay. You're doing a great job, you know? And oh my gosh, it's just so, so much. And I, what you were saying about the bedtime cleanup, mm -hmm. my rock bottom with clutter was I remember I was pregnant with our third and I remember this bedtime cleanup. My husband was at work. Of course, we we're in our, thir our 3,200 yep. square, square foot house 
every single room that the kids had been in was destroyed and I was exhausted. I was pregnant. I was tired. I had been solo parenting for however long. And I flat out remember screaming at my children, Mm. crying, screaming, what is wrong with you? I can't do this. I'm exhausted. You know, whatever I said. And afterward, I just cried myself to sleep because I was like, Mm. okay, this is not the mom that you wanted to be. And like the next day I got rid of so many toys. (laughs) I was just like, nope, mm -mm. you're stealing my joy. You're making me scream at my kids. You're not worth like toys gone by. And that was like, I just, and now here we are in this two bedroom house. (laughs) (laughs) So it grew from there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I just like, why do you think, I mean like the rock bottom moments, I guess, but like, why does this work? Why does this decluttering actually work for moms and how does it make us show up as better moms? You know, so many of us, and I, I encourage my students and clients, you know, with us all the time, like because I share my story, which goes deeper, you know, Mm -hmm. like I've got my rock bottom. It's like, sometimes, honestly, I feel like in life you have to go through hell before you get to heaven. It's true. And it's like, until you can truly slow down, create space. And when you create and open up physical space in your home, that creates and opens up space in your head um, for you to even slow down, address these root issues and go, hold on, what are my values? My home, so for you, that was, hey, I want to enjoy time with my kids. I want to, um, you know, encourage them to play, use their imaginations, and enjoy playing with them. And yeah. we, all these values you can line up that so many of us don't think about because we get busy with careers and relationships and soccer practice. And going, my home does not align with these values at all. Therefore, that leaves me constantly frustrated, constantly behind, constantly comparing myself to Instagram, perfect, whatever accounts. Yeah. And it's really, really hard. And in my particular journey, like I consider myself to be a pretty intelligent person because I recognize (laughs) clutter's impact me, impacting me. So I did a little organization. I did a little purging, but for me, it felt like, you know, one step forward, two steps back. It was never anything super, super tangible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like millions of people, I, I think it was in 2015, even before I started like really getting into decluttering, I read Marie Kondo's book was super inspired, got some amazing takeaways, tried her method and literally gave up like a weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, like so many moms, right? I don't have eight hours to put every single item of clothing in my house in a pile. I have 15 minutes before the baby wakes up, right? Um, And it's funny because I've read interviews from her since then. So when she wrote that book, she didn't have kids and now she's got two young toddlers. And she quote, literally, Sammy, she said, now that I've got children, I don't have time to keep up with the methods that I taught in this book. And I was like, listen, thank you. you." Like, yes. And I'm not saying, yeah, the book was amazing, but I I just couldn't make it work for me. Yeah. So I I was still in this constant state of frustration and like a classic, like a really great movie, Sammy, my low point came, (laughs) the plot twist came. So in 2016, I'm frustrated, I'm full of anxiety, I'm depressed, I'm honestly a mess. My second kid was just born, Um, so I had like a one-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old, gosh, you know, you've been there, right? I'm working full-time, I'm like, don't know what's happening, and then my husband and I are like, it's the weekend, he said, let's go to, um, let's go downtown, let's take the kids, let's just walk around, get outside. Three minutes after leaving our house, we get hit head-on have this awful oh car accident. It was the most traumatic experience of my life. My husband, um, I mean, got, took the brunt of the accident. Luckily my kids and I were fine. Um, but he, he broke his neck. He broke his shoulder, three spots in his neck and he's a chiropractor. So that's like a heart surgeon having a heart attack. When yeah. you are that, you know, how serious of a situation you're looking at, right. Oh um, with a spinal cord injury. So that was a moment in time, you know, my husband's getting carted off to an ambulance separate from my kids and I, and I'm going, I don't know if my husband's alive. You know, yeah. he, all he said, thank God, you know, he, he came to it and said, Katie, I can't feel my hands. Oh no. Sammy was like the hardest thing. Right. And I started to get emotional. And so that's a, that's a moment in time. My rock bottom, I'm sitting in the hospital going, am I going to have a husband? If yeah. he survives this, is he going to be able to function? all of this pressure of our business, you know, being a parent, bringing in an income, 
I was like, this is potentially all on my shoulders. And how am I going to show up as the best mom I've always wanted to be the best, you know, wife, assuming my husband survives this. And all I kept coming back to was I have to control the state of my home. And I'm not able to do that with the amount of crap in there right now. Mm -hmm. It's distracting me from what I love most (laughs) from my family. And so honestly, um, you know, my husband survived. He got neck surgery. Thank God we came millimeters from losing him. And, you know, he was down for the count for six months. I mean, like I was doing everything in the house and I had to show up to support my husband and my kids. And so again, this is, you know, going through hell before you get to heaven. This is my moment. And for a lot of people, the sad fact is until you go through something, hopefully not that dramatic, um, that makes you really slow down and look at your values and look at how you're doing all these things and have all these habits that don't align with it. I don't know. You know, I don't really have an answer for that. But I can say, like I mentioned earlier, opening up that physical space really allows for that other space to come in, other opportunities. And it's just, it's just like a law of life, just like gravity. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. That is a crazy story. It is. And once that happened, you know, I really invested so much of my time decluttering anytime the kids even were awake. I know so many moms are like, I can't declutter with my kids in the room. They undo all my work. I still did it. I I was like, I was so determined. I was like, I don't care. You know, as long as I'm making progress every single day, I made a lot of classic decluttering mistakes. It took me way longer than it should have. And kind of through this organically created a simplified framework um, that didn't exist at the time. You know, to my knowledge, that was how can busy moms make this work? I'm working full time. I've got two kids, one still breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I need to make this work for me and be sustainable um, because half the battle is getting the clutter out. The other half is not bringing it back in. Right. Yeah. And so um, kind of this passion was born of mine of holy cow. After all is said and done, I have my motherhood back. My values align with my home. Honestly, it was just this huge breath of fresh air. And, um, you know, my anxiety like almost went away. It was insane. And and I didn't even declutter for any of those specific reasons. It was just like an organic byproduct, you know, and side Mm -hmm. effect of decluttering. And it just opened my eyes to how I was living my life and making choices and, and how, because of those, I was where I was, <laughs> you know, I wasn't a victim. I was, you know, it was yeah. my choices that was getting me there. And so, yep. gosh, it was just like this cloud lifted and the, you know, it was amazing, amazing experience. And that intentionality that yes. spills over into everything. And that's kind of where, um, that's another re- that's not the exact reason that I want to talk about in a minute, but that's another reason for me why yeah. minimalism and budgeting overlapped. And for us, our whole entire journey, our debt-free journey actually started with decluttering. Oddly enough, it started with decluttering because I became a stay-at-home mom with our second daughter and I was home all day and I was like, this is stressful. This is not okay. I started decluttering. And then I was like, I had so much free time during the day. And I was like, okay, what else can I tackle? And that led to our money. And then that led to sure. my health. And that led to like starting my blog and, and just da, 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 here we are, you know, the intentionality just started to spill over and it changed my entire life. <laughs> like I would not be where I yeah. am today if I would have never decluttered. Nope. If I was still buried and yeah. I wouldn't have had time, number one. I would not have had time. I would not have had headspace or heart space to give to anything else for sure. And I, speaking of time, I love your, your bet, your cleanups, like yes. time lapses <laughs> that you do on your stories. Those are so fun and actually inspired me to do a bedtime cleanup time lapse nice. um, for my YouTube channel that I can, I can link to in the, in the show notes for anybody listening. And I, so I was like, okay, I know that it's really fast, but like I hadn't timed it, but I had, it was inspired by your story. So I timed it and I cleaned the entire house. My kid, my, all three of my girls were in the bath together being crazy. <laughs> they were destroying the bathroom. Let's just put, the, they were destroying the bathroom yeah. while I cleaned the rest uh-huh. of the house. And I did, I stopped, I made tacos. I <laughs> broke up a fight, like all these things. And it was 40 minutes in real time stopping to make the kids tacos, break up fights, get people towels. And I was like, wow, that's really fast. Like the entire house, no kids helping me, dishes, everything. That's amazing. Right? right? And I was just like, people ask me all the time, how do you have time to do all these things? I'm like, cause I barely clean. Yeah. 
Like I have barely any cleaning. And if I had a dishwasher, it would be even faster. <laughs> Half that time is just washing the stupid dishes. Yeah. Um, cause I don't have a dishwasher, but I'm like, because we waste so much time just cleaning. There's more to life than cleaning. And I'll say moving piles of stuff so we can clean. I used to, yes. like I said, it's like, oh, there's all this crap everywhere, but I really need to vacuum the floors, but they're covered. So it's like you spend 20, 30 minutes picking up all this stuff off the surface area mm-hmm. so you can dust or vacuum and you do the actual cleaning, which takes a quarter of the time that it did to pick up just so you can clean. And I yep. don't, have that issue anymore. And yeah, there are numerous studies out there that by simply decluttering your home, you reduce your housework each week by 40%. So for some people that's, you know, two to four hours a week, I always say decluttering pays massive dividends in the long run. And I actually think that's a quote from, you know, minimalist Joshua Becker, boy, it's like women are, or people, oh, decluttering takes so much time. Well, it takes time to take care of our bodies and to meal prep and to meal plan. Yeah. Think about all the other time you're investing in other spaces because you value your health, right? I'm using myself as, a, as an example. I value my health. I want to live a long time and hopefully avoid cancer and disease yep. <laughs> as long as I can. And, you know, COVID for crying out loud. Yes. So I'm investing in buying vitamins, meal prepping, taking longer to, you know, make different meals, healthier meals. And so when people say, well, it takes so long and I don't have the time, well, then you're telling me you don't value what yeah. you can, you know, get from decluttering. You know, it's just, it's just a perspective. I think of it as doing it right the first time. And, mm-hmm. and I mean that, and like, we've probably all had these moments, you know, those, t- those weeks where you're like, I just don't have time to do the laundry. Like I don't have time to fold it and you just leave yeah. it in the baskets and then it's all clean. And then you got to go find that shirt. So how long do you spend digging for that one particular shirt? finding a kid of clean pair of underwear, like whatever you're doing, you're on a mission and you're like, geez, Louise, I could have folded this entire load of laundry in this time that it took me to dig for this one particular item mm-hmm. and take that metaphor for your entire house. Yep. It's so much better in the long run to do it right. The first time, like actually declutter the kids' toys And then you can spend like three to five minutes cleaning up at bedtime. Exactly. Like their toys take no time at all because they, there aren't that many. And the ones that we have have a spot, you put things in the correct bucket and that's it. (laughs) We used to use this term in our chiropractic clinic a lot, you know, talking all things health, but it's like with your health or with your home or decluttering, you're paying for it on the front end or the back end, right? If you eat McDonald's every day, three times a day you're paying for that pretty quickly, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you're paying for it on the front end or the back end. How do you want that to be? Do you want to, you know, live your life completely overwhelmed and frustrated, hate your home? You know, we're at a point, we're recording this on July 15th. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the governor in North Carolina is announcing today what the plans are for fall. I know this is a huge thing coming up. And I told my husband and my podcast listeners the other day, I could not imagine having to consider homeschooling in a home that I already hated, that was already stressful, that was already overwhelming and how I'm so grateful and glad I put the work in when I did. So now I have decided to homeschool. I love my home. It's peaceful. It, my kids love it. It, you know, meets our values. And so what, a you know, service you're giving to yourself and your family, if for all the other mamas listening out there, gosh, like start working on your home now and get it up to speed. So that way everyone's a lot more comfortable. They see your homeschooling and it's not, it's not such a overwhelming task. I told my husband that at the beginning of quarantine in like March or whenever I told him, I was like, I could not imagine being stuck at home, buried in clutter, hating my house right now. And I was like, can you imagine? He was like, I was like, what if we were in the big house with all the clutter? And like, we used to literally have a pile of laundry on our bedroom floor that we had to walk around because we couldn't even do the laundry. Like we both just kind of sat there and we were like, thank God we did what we did. (laughs) My heart really goes out to those moms. It's like, okay, so now you're working from home full time. Literally you have to lock yourself in the office. You have a 3,000, 2,000 square foot home. We, you know, they don't have a choice, but to let their kids destroy everything. Yeah, and, it's like, man, yeah. what a, what a tough spot to be in. And my heart goes out. And for any of you listening that, you know, might be in that position right now, just, just get started. Literally grab a trash bag, set a timer, yep. 
get that low hanging fruit and just go from there. I've got tons of resources and my highlights and on Instagram and whatnot, but gosh, just get started. It's never too late. If you're already overwhelmed, it's still never too late. Take a, take a Saturday, take an evening and start somewhere. Like if I have to declutter toys, I will be like, okay, go outside and play. And I'll grab a bag and da, da 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 And, you know, I used to get them super involved in the decluttering process. And now they're to the point where they're like, I don't care, whatever. Yeah. Like, as long as our room isn't messy. Yeah. And like, I know what they actually play with. Exactly. Yep. All that. And so it's just like, okay, go outside and play. I'll call you in an hour when I'm done or a half hour when I'm done. And then you can come back in and your room will be mad. And then they come in and they're like, mama, our room looks great. It, you're so right? good to us. And they're like, you're the best mama for cleaning our Aww. room. And you know, all this. That's awesome. <laughs> they love it. They love it. And then they play in their room like angels and you know, okay. So what has it been like? on your kids. I mean, they're, they're obviously pretty young, but like, have they noticed that they live differently or is it just, this is just life to them? No, for sure. This is life for them. And it's actually funny. My five-year-old, um, you know, I never want to be that parent that gives our kid a complex over something. Yeah. We all are that parent anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I want to instill like, I just want my kids to be content, but it's like kids are kids. Like they see a commercial Mm -hmm. for a new fire truck. They might have one already. And my five-year-old, especially I'm starting to notice is really like, Oh, I want, I want a new fire truck or I don't like my fire truck anymore. I want a bigger one. And I'm trying to like, be like, okay, how do I handle this without giving him a complex? So he becomes a Mm -hmm. hoarder, right? Like the opposite of what you want. That's our biggest fear as minimalist parents. (laughs) Like They're going to go the other way. I just know it. (laughs) So it's like, or like junk food. Like if you hold all all the junk food, will they like just binge eat when they turn 18 and move out of the house type thing? That's kind of where my mind goes. Um, But I just, I tried lightly, you know, with, I don't, Honestly, we never buy them. We, I shouldn't say absolutes. It's not good to say absolutes. We rarely yeah. buy the kiddos anything. Gifts typically um, on occasion come from their aunt and uncle who live in Asheville. And then my parents who live in Iowa, you know, 12 hours away. So um, River and Levi are their only grandkids. So, and their love language, like a lot of grandparents is gift giving. So we've kind of yeah. come to this, you know, a mutual agreement on gift giving and hey, when the kids are done with it, it moves out or I decide what stays and goes, but it still allows my parents to show their love. And I think that's so important. And it's something that to consider, you know, when deciding whether to put your foot down on gift giving or not. I tread lightly in that area for family. I know it's really hard. People are very attached to things and view yeah. stuff differently. But um, anyway, I kind of digress there, but this is the, this is the life my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm to the point now with my mom, her love language is, is giving mm-hmm. and bless her heart. I'm going to put her on blast for a minute, but um, her and my grandparents run an auction. They get like Walmart returns, exchanges, like things. And so they're getting toys at literally pennies on the dollar. I mean, so cheap. And she's like, but it's so cheap. Right, right, And I'm like, but mother, (laughs) I have three children in one bedroom. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but they love it, you know? And so her and I have gone back and forth over the years and we, we've, we've kind of settled on the kids understand when it comes from Grammy, when we don't have room for it anymore, they're tired of playing with it. It can go to Grammy's house and then it'll be special at her house. And then I laughed so hard a couple of weeks ago, they've been having uh, weekly sleepovers with her now that that quarantine isn't as strict and everything. And she told me, she goes, well, when the girls come over this weekend, we are gonna have to do a toy purge because (laughs) I cannot walk in my living room. Her entire living room is their toy room now. Like there's not even point in there being furniture in there. And she was like, I can't even walk. And the last box of toys you gave me is still sitting outside. And I said, oh, is it too much, mother? Is it too much? (laughs) Me and my husband laughed so hard. We're like, that's what you get. That's so awesome. Yeah, (laughs) right. But but like the kids know the difference Mm -hmm. in when they play at home versus when they play at her house, because they have all the toys, there's, there's no organization. Everything is everywhere. They can't find anything, which they love it. But then like they come home and they're like, you know, you can tell the difference. Like they, they're starting to notice the difference. You notice that they're a little more like frazzled. Yeah. Or I wonder if you were to like be a fly on the wall watching them play, like, cause I've seen kids, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like I, I used to love to shop 
And honestly, I still love to shop. I just rarely shop anymore. So don't think because I'm a minimal- minimalist. I oh, I shopping. love shopping. Like that's, you can take the shopping out. <laughs> I don't know, whatever that yeah. phrase is. Um, I used to go to the store called Discount Dillard's. It's where all the Dillard's in the Southeast region ship their kind of stuff that doesn't sell. Yeah. And it's literally in boxes. I mean, it's at this, it's a warehouse size store. And it's like, how do you feel when you walk in that store? A little excited because it's like, ooh, maybe I'm going to get a deal today. But also it's so overwhelming. Your blood pressure instantly goes up. Your heart rate instantly goes up. And kids are no different. And so when they're surrounded by all these toys, it's like the quality of play instantly goes down, yep. right? They go from two minutes to this toy. It's two minutes to this toy. It's too much. Dump everything out. And it's just throw stuff at each other, not using toys the right way. They are not using their imaginations. There are just so many and just scientific studies out there about, you know, less toys is better for development, creativity, communication, teamwork, imagination. I mean, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I need to get rid of toys, but I'm afraid to let some go, just do it anyway. Well, they're going <laughs> to play so much better. Yeah. And even yeah. now for us, just when we do a maintenance purge every couple of months or whenever we feel like we need it, I look forward to it. I, I honestly will do like a maintenance purge right before I have like a big work project to do because I know they're going to play like angels for that next mm. week. Mm-hmm. Now, all their toys are going to feel brand new. The room is going to be decluttered. Like they're just going to, they're going to want to play. I, and it's just, it's, yeah, there's so many benefits to, you know, less toys and think about like some of your best memories from growing up. Some of them might be on Christmas morning, waking up to one of your yeah. favorite toys, but most of them I think for a lot of us, um, and hopefully we're not the last generation where it's like playing outside, going to the swimming pool, going to the zoo, you know, stuff like that. Yep. Um, you know, that really for most of us outshines any type of material item we had growing up. Yep, definitely for sure. So I want to talk a little bit more about why this is so important. We've kind of touched on it. I I loved one of your posts about stuff isn't just stuff Mm -hmm. and the negative effects that it can really have on us. Yeah, so many people just, especially moms, I hear this all the time, like, well, I just try my best to ignore the stuff or I shove all the stuff behind the closet and I'll handle it later. But stuff is not passive, right? Stuff, every single item in your home, whether it's behind a closed door, whether it's in a drawer, it's not only taking up physical space, but it takes up and impacts our mental health and our mental space. And I think you said earlier, heart space, right? And so when this is completely clogged and overflowing, when our head is just like our junk drawer, that's impacting our decision-making skills, our coping skills with everything that's happening right now how we're able to parent every single aspect. And um, back in March, it was like seven days before the world ended. You know, yeah. I did a live event back in my home state of Iowa and Des Moines to about a hundred women. And I talked about, you know, how clutter is impacting your health, your wealth and your relationships. And it was just really amazing to have these women come out to me and go, gosh, I knew I was stressed out and didn't like my home, but I had no idea you know, how really much it was impacting. And just like you mentioned earlier, it's hard to talk about one without talking about the other, like clutter and, you know, budget, you know, and finances, because the more you buy, the less money you've got, right? So they're really the two sides of the token. So it's just, I talk a lot about the mental health aspect of it, because that's really what made the biggest shift in my mind. But I mean, there are studies out there. Um, I think UCLA back in 2010, so 10 years ago, studied women. um, I don't know how many women, but any woman that described her home as cluttered or messy had elevated levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. And elevated, so they stayed high. They stayed high. It's not like they went down at the end of the night when they, you know, they were always high. And so that impacts your physical health. That can contribute to high blood pressure, heart disease, fatigue, migraines, headaches, acne, skin problems. I mean, yeah. elevated blood pressure, which I think we all have right now, <laughs> or elevated stress, uh, stress, uh, you know, hormone. Yeah. It's just so why not shift and go? Okay, how can I help myself be in control of the situation in my home? I know I can't control that I have to stay at home right now. I can't control everything else happening in the world. But in this one 2,000 square foot house or whatever, however big your home is, I'm encouraging your listeners, this is something you can control. And boy, oh boy, it will impact your health, your wealth, your relationships with your family. I can connect with my kids more. Boy, now I've got the mental space to even consider scheduling a date night with my husband. Now I want to schedule a date night with my husband. (laughs) You know, it's like, before I was like, I don't have time. I remember telling him after my first son was born, I said, listen, you've got two hands, two feet, 
figure it out, cook your own food. Like I was just <laughs> done. And I was like, I really regret some of the things I said to him. Cause I was, you know, overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, but now I'm like, Oh yeah. Date night. Oh, focusing on continuing on working on my relationship with my, with my spouse, which is never ending. Yeah. There's so many amazing aspects that your life can improve just from simply decluttering crap you don't need. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So as we are kind of going into whatever this next school year will be, we have no yeah. idea. Um, we have no idea how much longer we'll be stuck at home. I think a lot of, a lot of moms probably are really, you know, stressed and overwhelmed. And what are just a few simple, quick tips that can help them as they're kind of like starting on this journey? All of us still order from Amazon prime. You know, you've got cardboard boxes that aren't broken down yet yeah. <laughs> in your garage or in your yeah. closet and just like go to town and anyone can do that. But I really wanted to, um, the concept of identifying and reframing those thoughts that come up, like while you're decluttering, kind of those thoughts and emotions that keep us stuck. So if one common thing that can come in handy and prevent us from getting rid of so much more is the thought of this item could be useful or this item could come in handy. But I haven't yeah. been in my garage and anytime I am reevaluating, because I'm always reassessing and evaluating what's in my home and if I still need it, because seasons change, motherhood changes whatever. So I go, okay, a paper towel holder. This could be useful. I had it, my paper towels, like a lot of people do on that little paper towel holder on top of my counter. Yeah. I was like, this is creating clutter. Clutter attracts clutter. It's a law, just like gravity. <laughs> um, I'm going to attempt to put my paper towel in the cabinet instead. And then I put that paper towel holder in the bin. So it's just kind of my holding space for items I think I'm ready to get rid of, but I'm going to trial run it. And it's made such a big impact. And so every four weeks or so, I just go back to the bin. And if I haven't already reached for it, it, it goes. Yeah. And so I want to encourage your listeners for, there's, I would say maybe 40 to 60% more of things in your home that you could get rid of, but you're not because it could be useful or could come in handy. But it, I want to encourage them. It's not useful if you're not using it. If you're concerned about like, oh, I feel wasteful. That's such a big thing. I feel so guilty. I feel like I'm wasting this. Maybe you see, you know, value attached to it or, you know, that someone paid a lot of money for it and you got it for a good deal. Whatever it is, I want to let people know the heart of the matter is the sad truth is the waste happened when you got the item, whether when it was given to, or when whoever bought it, swiped their credit card to get that item. The waste isn't happening when you're getting rid of it. And I personally feel, and my motto is, it's much more wasteful, in my opinion, to hang on to something you're not using than it is to get it in someone's hands who is going to use it and who's going to spark joy for them or whatever. And so just identifying these thoughts that pop up, reframing them into a more positive light that make it easier for you to let go and move on, right? move on, <laughs> move on with your motherhood, move on with the space in your home, create more peace, create more calm, unburden yourself. For sure. And I told a friend of mine who just moved and she did a massive declutter from like a three bedroom house to a one bedroom apartment, like massive declutter. And she was like, she called me like crying after she dropped off the last bit of donations. And she was like, because there was value and there was stuff in there. And, you know, and I said, look, it's somebody else's stuff now for one, let it go. And I was like, I guarantee you in a month or two, if someone asked you what was in that box that you just donated, you are not going to remember. You might remember like one thing for overall, you're not going to remember. And I look back now, I did a lot of like before and after pictures when I first started decluttering. And now I look at my after pictures and I'm like, Oh God, that's still so much clutter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what were you doing? But I look at some of the toys and stuff I got rid of, of my kids. And I'm like, I forgot we had that. <laughs> it's not important. It's not valuable. And like, there are very few material things mm. that are actually that important, actually that useful. Speaking of your paper towel holders, your, your forks. Yes. Forks. So tell, <laughs> tell us the fork story. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if this is common with silverware sets and these were given to us, you know, it's just like you yeah. end up with random crap that other people don't yeah. want. I'm like, do you know what I do for a living? Um, so <laughs> I'm going to throw this away yeah. in a couple of days, but okay. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anywhere in the silverware set, there was knives and two sizes of forks and two sizes of spoons. And like I said, you need to make this a habit. So I'm always reassessing what I have. It's like, yeah, they fit in my drawer. Fine. All these big forks and little forks, everything fits fine, but I don't need them. I've kept yeah. like 10 small forks that are reasonable for a normal person's size mouth. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put 
these big forks in the holding tank. I don't know why I call it that. Yeah. And I got rid of them yesterday and it felt good. And I want to encourage your listeners that, again, every single item in your home, whether you realize it or not, is impacting you. And it's impacting me. So yes, I had the space for it, but it was impacting me, right? And so I just decided yeah. to get rid of the forks. I, I know my routine at this point. I do... I hand wash and I run the dishwasher daily. I could get rid of all but four forks, one for each of us. And honestly, yeah. we'd be fine. Yeah. I love that. I thought I just was laughing at the story because I remember purging my own silverware and I was like, ah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> totally been there. An area that a lot of people just don't consider doing, right? It's kind of yeah. like random. Like, oh, you declutter silverware? Yeah. Heck yeah. I declutter cups. Yes. Oh my gosh. I don't know where the cups come from. <laughs> they they come from places. And then I'm like, okay, we don't need, you know, five cups per person per day. This is crazy. No. And even in this, even in our tiny kitchen, I have a space for them all. I still don't need all of them. And this, I literally have one cabinet for dishes and I still don't need all those dishes. Yeah, (laughs) It's crazy. So, okay. So we teased about it, but let's go uh, um, a little bit more into how minimalism and budgeting go hand in hand. Um, and I wrote in the notes that I feel like they're sisters. Mm-hmm. I feel like you can't, you almost can't have one without the other. So what does that mean to you? And how do you feel like one usually leads to the other? I think the easy answer here is the less you buy, you know, the more money you save and being intentional with, you know, bringing stuff in your home. And this is something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, especially now like stress and that distraction, like how are we distracting ourselves? Maybe that's with chores. Maybe that's with hopping on Amazon prime. Maybe that's with your favorite shopping app that tap. Now that short 10 second, 15 second happiness hit we get. I used to do it all the time. That's the only reason I would shop. I wouldn't shop because I needed something. I would shop for the distraction yeah. and to feel good at the it made it more difficult because we, it didn't really impact. I mean, it impacted our finances, but it wasn't like I couldn't pay bills because of that habit, Yeah, you know, so that makes it easier to not think about and have to handle. And so I, I feel for a lot of people out there who are in that same spot, as far as what that gave me, I mean, gosh, last year we had a major bucket list kind of experience that I always wanted to do, but prior to decluttering, I never thought would happen. And that was take a trip to Italy. That was an amazing trip. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I loved following you guys oh, on that good. trip. It was amazing. <laughs> it was. And I, I don't take it for granted one day, but it was, you know, and I really, I value travel. And I told my husband, I can't imagine going to Italy without our kids. So that meant four plane tickets, you know, to Italy. And it's like, would we have been able to afford that? No, like <laughs> not with my shopping habits. Um, definitely not. And so God, what did that give us? That gave us a lifetime of memories experiencing. It was my first time abroad and my kids who were, who turned three and were four at the time, a whole new perspective and experience to another culture and food. And we were there for 33 days, life changing. And even coming back to my home, I walked in and I was like, oh boy, this is, this home is really tethering me to one spot. I felt a little claustrophobic and trapped even in the uncluttered home I had. So you know, the less stuff we have, the more freedom and flexibility that gives us, even if you have an uncluttered home. So it really even shifted my perspective more. And I'm always working on my relationship with stuff and how I view stuff to make sure that um, I'm focusing on the right stuff in life. And I think it's impossible to say, well, like, don't be attached to your stuff or don't let stuff make you emotional yeah. or, I mean, we're human. Yeah. Come on. I mean, but I think evaluating that and, you know, going, well, you know what? I did used to think that bringing stuff in would bring me happiness. I did used to think that it was always a good idea to get the deal and get the buy two, get one free. I did always, I love the thrill of the sale or whatever, whatever that is for you. It's really important to just acknowledge those, learn from them and pivot. And I'm, my goal in five years is just to be even more simplified. This isn't a one and done thing. Um, any minimalist, especially if you have kids and I like to show my real life and my life still gets messy, you know, and I share this on my Instagram stories all the time. But the kicker is it doesn't stress me out. I don't have yeah. all of the anxiety and depression I used to have. And it takes me three minutes to pick up. Worst case scenario, five. Yep. And that's not bragging rights. That's encouragement for, for everyone listening that yep. it's possible. And so anyway, back to your you know, money and 
um, clutter really, yeah, sisters, you can't have one without the other. Yeah. And I'm going to link to a couple of your posts that I really liked um, that I think will be helpful to people listening. But I liked the six ways to combat impulse shopping um, because working with my one-on-one clients, I, that's, something that comes up with almost every single woman is like, well, I can't stop impulse shopping or I overspend. And I was reflecting to one of my one-on-one clients. I was like, I think now correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that your impulse shopping is trying to fill a void in your life. And we kind of went into all of that and it's so, so common. So Give us a couple of quick examples of ways that we can break free from that. Well, I think if you're in social media, all man, the social media is just overpowered by affiliate marketers mm-hmm. and um, accounts that are just trying to sell you stuff, whether you know they really use the item or believe in the item or not. Like, and plus the paid advertisements were shown, oh, yeah. right? I don't know how many. I forget the numbers. Like. 84 advertisements a day. No, I want to say an hour or something crazy that we are exposed to. I don't watch TV, but if you watch TV, probably 10 X that. Right. And so my first recommendation is even if you love the person, like for example, I have a couple people I follow in the fashion world who clearly, you know, they make their money by promoting certain brands. I'm at a space in my journey where I'm comfortable being able to follow them and watch their stories and see their recommendations without hitting the buy now button. Yeah. If this is not you, just temporarily mute the account. It doesn't mean you have to unfollow and just see how much that impacts your buying. You should be buying less because you're less tempted, yeah. right? And so removing that temptation is a really big thing. And that could be like promotional emails, you know, just unsubscribe. You can always resubscribe, right? And um, just removing that temptation. A big thing I train myself to do is take 24 to 48 hours before I make a purchase. Even if it's like not a big one, like let's just say 10 bucks. Like I'm not just like, Oh, it's just, it's just $10. That was my attitude back then. And I would spend 50 bucks a day, right? Well, 10 times five is 50. I'd get five things for 10 bucks. And then next thing you know, my husband's like, why do we have 16 Amazon boxes (laughs) on the front step? And I would strategically try and order this is really embarrassing, but I think a lot of people can relate. I would strategically try and get my orders delivered when my husband was not at home mm-hmm. because I didn't want him to see the crap that was coming inside. Yep. <laughs> right. And, uh, and then I think just asking yourself when, before you buy anything, like, does this, does this help support the life that I'm trying to create? Yeah. If I get a white shirt and I've already got five in my room four of which I don't wear, is this helping me? Is this helping my trajectory and where I want to go. Yep. The answer is no, there's your answer. Yep. You know, to buying that. Yep. Oh my gosh. We could talk for hours about that kind of stuff. <laughs> for oh, sure. For sure. For sure. Part two. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> gosh, we could, we could talk all day. So let's wrap up with, if you could go back and give that former version of yourself advice, maybe at the beginning of your motherhood, when you were completely overwhelmed with stuff, um, what would you tell her? I would start with give yourself grace. I was so frustrated with the state of my home. I wanted to throw my hands up in the air and give up on many times I did, (laughs) you know, have periods of just, you know, that utter exhaustion and everything else, all the other aspects of motherhood, but give myself grace. You know, your house didn't get like this overnight. This is, you're looking at literally a lifetime of stuff times two, if you're married plus kids, you know, it's like, I don't know, 60 plus years. Like if you count your years, your husband, you know, spouse's years, it's crazy. And so um, to kind of hit that wall and just give yourself grace and go, you know what, the best thing I can do right now is not look for this gigantic overhaul, like in habits, it's yeah, I need to start decluttering. Let's shoot for 10, 15 minutes every single day. Yes, you will see the fruits of your labor. Yes, it may take longer, but you're creating a lifelong habit that's going to serve you and your family forever. And like I said, it pays such big dividends in the long run. You're getting so much of your time back. So I think telling myself, give give yourself grace and focus on creating new habits. Don't focus on your current position. Focus on your trajectory. Don't get so consumed with here I am now and all this guilt we put on ourselves. My Lord, like stop, Katie, stop it. Past Katie, you know, (laughs) and um 
how can I improve 1% each week? Yes. Okay, maybe this week I'm really going to focus on putting things back where they belong the first time so I don't have to do the stuff shuffle and move things around my house. Maybe next week, once I get that kind of automated and imprinted in my brain and it's just automatic, maybe next week I'll focus on always leave the room carrying something and putting it back and teaching my kids where to put things back. And just these new things, um, if you're not already implementing them, start doing them. And gosh, in like six months, your life is going to look completely different. Oh yeah, for sure. It definitely adds up really quick. So I'm going to link to several of your resources, your, um, your declutter survival guide that you have and the Instagram posts that I want people to read that I think are so helpful. I'll also link to when I was on your podcast, cause that was such a fun conversation as well. What else do you have going on that you want them to know about? Yes. I'm in the middle of a 14 day clutter crusher challenge. My mm -hmm. first one ever, which I'm obsessed with. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is totally my jam. I geek out over this stuff. I am like one of the best cheerleaders. If nothing else, I can cheer people on for decluttering and teach people my frameworks. And it's just so amazing to see their success. You know, we've got a small group of about 50 in there right now, and it's so inspiring. And um, this has motivated me to continue to do these 14 day challenges because yeah. it's just when you have the power of accountability and support and community, which I don't know when we're going to get our real friends and family back, yes. but if we have a virtual group we can hang on to who, uh, who you know, no matter what, you can be vulnerable with, who will cheer you on, who will say, it's okay, Katie, just pivot and move on. It's just worth so much. It's so valuable to me and the people in the group. So I'm going to continue to do these. So if you follow me on social, uh, make sure to just be on the lookout for those because I'll be doing more for sure. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yes, I love, I love following you. You always have so much fun stuff and everything going on and your kids and your quick little cleanups at bedtime are so motivating <laughs> to me. I'm like, Thank yes, you. I need to do a quick little cleanup real quick. And yes. you know, it's so fun. So yeah, I just, I just totally, I enjoy following you. So anyone who isn't following you jump over and follow for sure. Um, and keep up with everything that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. Yes. Go declutter. Woohoo. Yes. <laughs> okay. That is all for us. Bye guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a sunny side up life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.